hey, good to see a bunch of you guys on. Um, we haven't had a chance to hang out for a little while, but uh, as we do, a few of the regulars on nice and early. Alison, good to see you. Rami, great to see you. Uh, Margaret, awesome to have you guys along. Hey, welcome to Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. Uh, Friday, September 17. Andy, what's on the what's on the the wine list tonight, mate? I've got a bit of um, uh, oh, you can't really see. It's called the elephant in the room. It's not a bad drop. <laughs> Little perfect <laughs> for this conversation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think I think it's very poignant, my friend. <laughs> a nice little Pinot Noir, um, nice and light and tasty. A few people have got their uh, uh, their uh, their wines on, and um, having a few little drinks. And uh, there's questions already flying, cool. so it's good. It's good to see. Well, mate, I'm going to give a shout out to the the boys just down the road at uh, at Fedris. Uh, Pinot Noir, beautiful. It's actually mm. it's actually one of my favourites. About two minutes down the road, which is absolutely magnificent. So it might top up the glass with a little bit of that, and we'll uh, have a little have a little look at what's going on. Well, Sean's uh, Sean's going. It's, it's time for the hard liquor. Um, he's he's driving diving straight into it. The bourbon. Bourbon in the afternoon, so it's good good work. So welcome everyone, uh, everybody, for a little afternoon glass of wine, a bit of a chat um, about things that are going on out there in the world of investing. For those who uh, who haven't been here before, or you need reminding, Andy Fenton, <laughs> Jason Whitten here, and um, we've been hanging out doing these. Friday Wealth, Wine and Wisdom chats about our respective industries, bringing news, information, support, encouragement to our uh, to our crew, our crowd, property investors, business owners, um, and investors alike. And uh, ever since these strange and interesting times have been occurring, uh, the COVID world, lockdowns, and craziness around the world, Andy and I have been trying to make sure uh, we bring a little bit of uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe a bit of uh, calmness to the situation, uh, or maybe a bit of uncommon uh, sense. Bit of common sense. A bit of uncommon sense. There you go. I like that. That's the way to roll, Andy. <laughs> so welcome along, team. Um, great to have you guys here. We haven't been able to connect for a couple of weeks. Just uh, things have uh, been out of sync. But it's uh, it's awesome to hang out with you today, mate. Catch up. Um, yeah, <laughs> we've missed all of you guys as uh, as we do. But um, a bit of clarity, that's it, Robbie, a bit of clarity. Uh, hopefully that's uh, part of what these conversations can do. Uh, and just so you guys know how it rolls uh, today or usually any time we do a uh, Wealth, Wine and Wisdom, we do a little bit of a sequence. We try to stay on track, don't we, Andy? We, we attempt to. Uh, but, you know, usually we do a bit <laughs> of like what's in the news uh, and there's a, been a fair bit in the news of late. Um Plenty of things on the up and the down, the round and round. So we'll talk about those a bit later, team. Um, uh, often we like to see if there's uh, something we can teach about things you should know. I've got something a bit later, Andy, you and I could sink our teeth into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did mention it earlier in the week in one of my coffee chats, but uh, uh, I'd love your uh, observations and uh, feedback on it and uh as always, team, if you've got any questions, 
about the world of real estate, about the world of equities, shares, financial planning, finance. Um, whack them in the chat. That's it, somewhere around there. <laughs> and we will absolutely have a crack at answering those things uh, a bit later on. So that's the general gist of a team. Uh, and, you know, what we like to do is have a nice glass of wine and just make sure, yep, make sure we uh, we keep the the lips lubricated. Is that the right way to roll? That's not too <laughs> – the throat um, uh, not parched and we can have a good conversation about this stuff that we're up to, Andy. So um, I thought I might kick it off this week. Usually you're – you're taking the baton and running with it, but um, right. I thought I might Go give it a whirl. Absolutely. What's in the news? Get into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Andy, um, uh, over in my neck of the woods, we'll do a little bit of this, see if we can uh, we can roll here. Again, what's in the news? Well, what's in the news, folks? We're breaking records all over the place. Home no. sales soar to a 17-year high. Uh and uh, what's uh, what's going on out there, Andy? We we're we're seeing the the momentum of the of the marketplace. Uh, record low interest rates, record uh, savings. Uh, just just of recent times, I chatted not so long ago, uh, about a week ago, about Australians having the largest savings for many many years as well over over uh, over thirteen or fourteen years, the highest savings rate. Two hundred odd billion dollars uh, banked um, uh, in uh, the last year, or uh, tucked away. You and I both know that um, money in the bank account is not a great place for it, but at least it's better in someone's bank account for the moment um, instead of out in consumption world. But for you and me, we love to see it moving and investing. Mm-hmm. But uh, people are taking that cash and. Uh, making upgrades and improvements and going for it with home uh, sales. The highest volume, the highest number of property transactions, properties changing hands since 2004, and that's uh, that's fantastic for Australian homeowners, many people making some capital gains as well, and the government, the government, Andy, they'll be, uh, they'll be having a bumper year with, Capital gains tax and stamp duties and all sorts of transactional stamp duties as well. And this is, folks, one of the things that uh, that the governments do hope that happen when when this stuff uh, when this stuff occurs. The Australian government they've only got a, a one or two trick pony. Let's let's uh, let's stimulate the uh, housing industry and let's uh, support mining. That's the kind of the two trick pony shot they have uh, when it comes to economic. Stimulation, uh, but uh, seems to be working at the moment. I think that stuff will flow through. On the flip side, Andy, on the flip side, folks, what we are seeing, uh, unfortunately, for a lot of people, uh, is the uh, listings. I just moved Andy out of the way, um, and I might just zoom in on this. Actually, I might just move you back. Hey, <laughs> your head was in the way, Andy, but we'll we'll see what we can do. Um, folks, just have a look at this one. You can see above Andy's uh, Andy's scone. Uh, I'll, I'll try and zoom in a little bit. However, the number of transactions were – that's it. He's got the finger and straight up there. The number of transactions, folks, being 
done in the marketplace are at a record high. Uh, and now uh, we are, uh, again, let me just uh, check here. Oh, things are uh, moving around as we speak, live on my document. Um, we are now at, um, uh, again, it says since the beginning of the series, tracking the lowest. So then a record since tracking. I don't know if it's record uh, all round. So we've got these two opposites, Andy. We've got lots of properties changing hands. However, the numbers of properties, the second-hand properties being listed for sale is at a, an 11-year low, um, 26% uh, aggregated down, and every city across Australia down in yearly change for listings. Um, down, down, down. Down, 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 the prices go. No, they go up um, uh, when supply goes down, folks. So uh, out there in the news, this is what's happening in the world of real estate team and the pressures will continue in this space. Uh, those listening in, folks, uh, the pressures will continue. The interest rates are low and I'll talk about those uh, a little bit later on, potentially, Andy. But uh, those are probably the two big headlines for me. What's been in the news, folks, uh, in the last week or so when it came when it's come to real estate? We've got these two ends of town. We've got these two weird uh, views of the world where we've got record ups and but record downs, and they are accelerating pricing. They're accelerating um, purchasing and and values in the short term. Maybe the next three to five years, we're going to have some momentum. Uh, maybe a bit less, maybe two to two to three years, but we'll see how we go, folks. So uh, I might circle around a bit later on, Andy, with one or two other things um, about uh, things you should know, but I thought I might throw back to you and say, hey, what's in the news over in your neck of the woods, mate? Well, mate, but before we jump into that, it's really interesting because you used a pretty significant date there. 2004 is an interesting period of time. Uh, I remember 2004. I was quite young <laughs> at that point in time, doing a few Interesting back in the day, back in the day, back in the day. But uh, look, I think the economy was probably growing by two to three percent at that point in time. That was the beginning of the the big China consumption that sort of uh, later on shielded us through the uh, the GFC. Yes, but very very different point in time. Like it's just it's an interesting point to take that statistic from, right? So the like the previous high was was two thousand and four, where we had, you know. Strong household consumption, uh, you know, reasonably, you know, strong monetary policy. The the cash rate, I think, was raised was being raised uh, throughout two thousand fourteen. Uh, sorry, two thousand four, two thousand five. Um, so almost the exact opposite of many of the major markers that you would look for uh, in 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 markets, or certainly in investment markets. Uh, so. It might be really interesting to sort of to dovetail those together, but I, I know back then strong economic growth. We don't have that at the moment. Yes, uh, rising interest rates, which we don't have at the moment, uh, and you know extraordinary or or exports that were really starting to 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 gain momentum. So that was the mining boom, Andy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was the beginning, or it was really st it was starting to build up a bit of speed by then. I, I'd be interested to know. I reckon that potentially some of that. Might have been, you know, the the uh, largely driven by WA back then. It'd be interesting to pull some of the statistics from back yeah. then because uh, it'd be very different reason for 
property to be to be growing at that point in time, or to its property sales to be that high comparatively now, as opposed to then, the the stimulus would be completely different. It's really quite an astounding uh, statistic. Yeah, well, I do remember that uh, early 2000s, Western Australia had an absolute explosion in property growth and property prices, um, and it set a pace that um, hasn't been matched uh, for my 22 years of observing in Western Australia. So, you know, um, right, yeah. So it, that, that was that time where they started to go 30%, 40% a year, and it just – it just took off like a rocket, didn't it? It was went, unbelievable. Went crazy, yeah. Yep. And it's one thing too, Andy, um, uh, and folks listening in right now, if you've got the answer, you might have heard me say this one before. I'll do a, quick, a few shout-outs to a couple of people who've joined us late. So, DJ, good to see you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Alexis, a um, bit late to the party and all out of wine. Oh, that's not a party at all. <laughs> oh, no. Quickly, <laughs> quickly, everyone. Right. Alexis has got to run out and get some wine. We'll restart in 10 minutes, all right? Uber Eats, Uber Eats, come on. Quick. Get the thumb moving. I, I'm pretty sure you could actually uh, do Uber drinks somewhere. I, I'm, like, I don't know what it's called, but it's it's out there. Harry, good to see you, mate. And uh, and Jimmy, fantastic to, to see you. Um, we've got a Facebook user. Sometimes, folks, oh, Andy's uh, in the corner there. You don't put baby in the corner. Um uh, never. Uh, there he is. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, these lower listings should keep demand at a very nice, strong level. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, that's exa- exactly what's going to happen, team. And uh, and unfortunately, very sadly, our, uh, our supply chain, our new approvals uh, for stock uh, is, is low too. So, you know, uh, I've been sort of talking about these ones for a little while. Watch out, Andy. There he is. I've got, I've got to move this. And Harry's sort of saying, hey, what are possible factors that could impact property prices in a negative way in the future? I've got a few, I've got a few things to say about that as well, Harry. Um, um, maybe we'll uh, circle mm. around to that one a little bit later on. Andy, keep you on tender hooks there, Harry. Hang in for the answer to those ones, folks, um, as we roll along because um, – the 2004 land and that sort of 2004 to about 2008, 9, 10 even run in Western Australia, Andy, yep. was supported. I've said this before, few few of the team listening in, that was supported extremely by, um, by the, uh, the not invention, but the launching of realestate.com. Um, the eastern states, the eastern states, yes, yeah, the eastern states discovered that they could sit at home and look at realestate.com and see a price differential that was insane on on the western states, and uh, money started to move around Australia in the real estate market like never before. So, um, right. yeah, yeah, it was an interesting acceleration. So, um, there you go, and I, and th- and that accelerated probably for that whole decade, that sort of two thousand decade. All the way to when the GFC imploded, um, the, the 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 biggest global financial crisis the world had ever seen, folks, um, came tumbling down. Uh, there you go. So, uh, all right. Well, what do you got in the news? What's over on your uh, side of the side of the uh, equation, Andy? For what's in oh, the news, mate? Uh, interesting. You should say that because uh, you you were in the news this morning. I uh, tuned in for <laughs> one of your wealth coffee chats, 
and uh, and and heard some very very interesting stuff, which was great. Uh, I thought I'd just update you on some social commentary that you just completely went over your head. I missed it. I missed uh, it. <laughs> there was not uh, enough coffees. What <laughs> what what one of the viewers commented on your uh, your beautiful haircut, and you you sort of bashfully said, "Oh, you know, it's." It's not looking too great today, but it takes me a little while to settle into my haircut. Jace, you, you, you dickhead! It was uh, it was probably somebody who was in lockdown who hasn't had a haircut like me <laughs> for for about seven or eight weeks, and we're starting to look a, look a little bit shabby. And when people come on and look like a rock star like yourself, we're kind of like, oh god, look at these 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 people who are just. Yeah, I think you even said, "Yep, just went down the street for a haircut today." <laughs> No, 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 no social acuity. No, no, no. So, ladies and gents, on Wealth Coffee Chat, Jace wasn't trying to rub salt into the wound. He was just blissfully aware that the fact that you were trying to uh, to be ironical. Uh, so that was in the news. Uh, but uh, mate, seeing as I'm I'm throwing you under the bus at the moment, uh, let's see if you can figure out this riddle. Oh, why am I up there? One might say, I know how to figure this one out. But while I'm figuring out my IT uh, to get myself back into view, what do you make of this? Australian workers, this is a riddle. Australian workers quit, unemployment falls. Mm. Uh, Let me see. The number of uh, engaged, is it engaged people Um, uh, looking for work? Uh, the number of jobs available. Uh, mate, I don't know. I'm, it, I'm shooting it was, blind. It was, <laughs> mate. You, you weren't too far. You weren't too far off. Uh, this one of my team, Alex, actually pointed this out today, and uh, some interesting statistics that have been uh, listed. And, and we've been talking a lot about impl- uh, inflation recently being a major market that people need to be looking at uh, and understanding because the way that it's publicised is not necessarily the way that you you need to be reading it. But, uh, but the reserve banks of the world and the central banks and the federal reserves of the world are targeting employment. So I thought this would be an interesting one to bring up just so that people don't blindly follow statistics that are, that are launched out here. You can see here the un- unemployment rate actually decreased to point. Mm. right for this quarter decreased to 4.5 percent now that's coming back off like seven uh you know almost 12 it was up there yeah it was pretty big yeah right now but here's the thing and and there was that beautiful uh, wine and wisdom that we did where we taught people how to lie with statistics or at least we didn't (laughs) teach them how to lie with statistics we showed them what can be done with statistics have a look at this though the participation rate actually decreased by 65 percent so is the unemployment rate low in Australia or have people just plain out fucking stop trying to find work while this whole pandemic stuff uh, runs through? And the statistics at the moment actually are indicating that, well, ultimately people are just not looking for work. People have quit looking for work uh, at the moment because of obviously the conditions that sit around it and if you're in the, the New South Wales or Victoria, you have to have a jab or you have to have two jabs in order to be able to do certain things. So this will be a really interesting one. I don't know where it's going to go, but I reckon it's a great one for everyone to be aware of because this is the measure. The unemployment rate is ultimately one of the key measures that the government are going to use to raise interest <laughs> rates at some point in time or the Reserve Bank uh, rather. Uh, and it's going to be one that they're going to start hanging their hat on to tell you how well they went because, Jace, you know what's coming just around the corner, around about March next year? A budget. 
a budget's going to be around and there's going to be an election where <laughs> we're going to get the chance to vote these dickheads back in or out, uh, depending on what your view is, whether you think that they're a dickhead or you think you love them. We we don't get too political here, but, uh, but very much something that you should be looking for because the next thing that's on the radar is obviously going to be wage growth and that's the sign of a good, healthy economy. Yeah, so, I was going to say that, Andy. Yeah. The real right. sign is wages growth, right? Because we've had flat wages growth for over 10 years. Well, declining, in fact. Yeah. Uh, I think I've got some of the statistics in here because I was going to fall back based on this for some things that we'd spoken about previously. But, yes, it's it's been steadily declining. So this is my red-hot tip uh, and this is my, uh, this is my uh, crystal ball is uh, come election time, they're going to be banding around uh, incredibly low unemployment r- rates based off extraordinarily strong policy set by the Labor government in Victoria, set by the federal government around Australia, set by all of these people who are, they're going to be jazzing it up. They're going to be going unemployment, unemployment, unemployment on the back of all this. See, everything that we did worked. If you want the true litmus test to figure out what's working, look for wage growth. Don't look, look for, for unemployment. Wages yeah. Look for wage growth. Yeah. Here's another one, Jace, that you and I saw coming, and I thought that we'd just pat ourselves on the back here because about uh, <laughs> a month, two months ago, you and I had a little bit of a conversation around uh, w- believing. Let me ping my head over to the other side there. Perfect. Uh, you and I had a conversation, and we we started saying we believe that it's going to be large institution push government rather than government push large in- institution. And we were talking about Sydney airports. We were talking about large pharma companies. We were talking about large tech, so on and so forth. So, mate, it's pretty clear. This this one actually grabbed from Aviation Australia and uh, and had a look at the statistics here. But foreign airlines are at risk of leaving Australia ahead of international restart. The long and short of it, Jace, is the international airlines, some big names in here, are basically saying, listen, and they're, they're targeting Aviation Australia, right, the, the association, and the association by is then targeting the government. Yeah. Uh, the reason being is that th- that's just the way that it goes, you know. That's the, lobbying, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. And But we're at real risk here in Australia for p- prices for international travel potentially going up because policy in Australia has been soft, it's been extraordinarily soft until they lock you down and then it's been extraordinarily tough. There's nothing in between. There's been no proactive policy. They've really shit the bed in many, many ways when, it, when you consider what's happening in the rest of the world. But, mate, this is the first sign and I reckon we're going to see a lot more of this, large companies pushing in various different directions. So the first sign uh, is the aviation industry and you can bet that Sydney Airport stock price is going to be a little bit of a future gaze as to what's going to happen here in the short term, right? I think long term it'll be a very, very good bet, but uh, it'll be an interesting one to watch as all this comes to fruition because, Jace, you know, logistics of a small business is tough. Yeah. You've got to watch. Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it, Andy, because the idea that, uh, you know, if we lose that connectivity to the rest of the world, that that could be, a, you know, an extreme um, disadvantage to Australians, like economically, you know, mobility-wise, et cetera. You know, there's there's some pretty important decisions to be made by governments and, and that sort of thing when it comes to you can't lose that connectivity because once it's gone, it's difficult to get it back. It's difficult to rein it in. Um, 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And look, you and I, we, we don't always politician bash, but I'm going to today. Uh, it, they're, they're pretty heavy on our industry, aren't they, Jace? When when they feel like they can change the banking sector and, and adjust the property market so that younger people can buy property, so they then go in and attack the lending around Australia, they will just push legislation, legislation, and disrupt an industry and cause complete chaos. But when it yeah. comes to proactive policy moving forward, Jace, there are companies that we're looking at at the moment over in Canada uh, and over in Europe, travel companies who have completely redesigned what the travel experience is going to look like. And the reason why they can do that is that there's some proactive policy by the governments which are going, this is what it's going to look like. This is what our long-term intentions are going to be and this is what we're going to hit come hell or high water we're going to get there, which gives businesses like yours, mine, and Joe, everybody's out there. It gives us a roadmap, a real roadmap, not these bullshit roadmaps that we're being taught about at the moment. It gives Dead us ends a real and, roadmap. And, and fake roads, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a roadmap to nowhere. Where, where does that <laughs> – it's like, Jesus Christ, these guys need Google Maps. I swear they need Google Maps. But this is a good thing in my eyes. This is a really good thing. There's going to be some significant pressure and go, I reckon you're going to see a lot more of Alan Joyce in the media uh, uh, over the next few months. He was in the media probably for the wrong reason, uh, being paid <laughs> $1.9 million when every plane was was grounded. But uh, but I think you're going to see a lot more of him to justify that $1.9 million salary uh, price tag. And I think it is a good thing. And, uh, mate, while I'm having a swipe at people... <laughs> What? I've had a swipe at politicians. Keep yourself why, rolling, Andy. Keep yourself rolling. Why, why don't I just have a bit of a swipe at uh, at the journalists out there as well, just because we love uh, uh, the, the the sensationalist headings. This one's from the Fin Review, but I got sucked in by the heading. ASX fall, iron ore plummets to below US 110 a tonne. And we had a conversation around this recently. Well, yes, of course it's going to bloody do that after our good old headline company, BHP, absolutely crushed it with a 64% EBIT, $19.4 billion in the bank. Um, shareholder equity of 200 US billion for, like, you, these numbers don't hang around for long. So, like, the headline should really ring, uh, should really read, a bit of price rationalisation comes back into the iron ore market. Perhaps BHP won't be as profitable as they were last year when they absolutely crushed it. Well, mate, I don't think that'd uh, that'd sell any uh, newspapers, Andy. Um, um. <laughs> but it would be true. I, I literally, mate, I, I literally had uh, I had three clients call me up and go, oh, "What's going on with BHP?" And I said, "Yeah, they they had a sixty four percent EBIT last year." Oh, but I just read, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, look." They're going to go like this, but we don't sell every time we see a, he- a headline come up there. There's, uh, they've had an incredible run. You've got an incredible distribution, um, and there's probably going to be incredible times ahead. And I think that we were talking about it between 40 and uh, – sorry, between – oh, oh, my numbers are not coming to me. I think it's between 40 and 60 a tonne is where the usual profitable business sits. So they're over double for a year or so. So, mate, that's what's been in the news for me. Um, Oh, other than, have we got time? Maybe just a quick one, mate. Uh, this one. Harry, I think before you do that, mate, Harry wants to know what's with the disco lights. Are you going to go dancing? But that's we can answer that a bit later. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, Harry, come in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
so by just trying to liven up the atmosphere to 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 tell you the truth i couldn't figure out how to turn them off harry so, <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's usually a static color but we're having some uh some technical issues over here at the at the moment in uh uh, in in Phantom World, uh, technology is winning. Uh, Andy is losing at the moment. <laughs> but mate, this is another interesting, and this is where I'm going to pull out the uh, the crystal ball again. And I'm going to call bullshit on some future uh, headlines that are going to come out, uh, and I'm calling bullshit on headlines that haven't come out yet. Just just to be clear, uh, this one. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Let me clarify. You're calling bullshit on something that hasn't happened yet. All right, Correct. okay. Uh, yeah. Correct. Correct, hundred percent. Because I, I'm looking at this, mate, and I'm, I'm I know there's an election coming. Uh, there's going to be a lot of disturbance as these larger companies put pressure on the borders opening. And unfortunately, mate, uh, your mob in Queensland and our mob in WA and South Australia are, are probably going to suffer during the reopening period. That that's one of my tips. Unless the the vax rates get up significantly higher, significantly quickly, and I'm not. Talking backs or anti-backs, like that's that's not. I w- would never talk about it in this forum, um, and what people do is none of my business, uh, and vice versa. <laughs> but uh, but um, what's gonna, what we're going to see? We're going to get forced down here. That's that's clear. But the reopening trade might hurt a little bit more for the the states that haven't had the uh, the virus running around it. Because uh, another headline was. Uh, uh, Gladys is actually entertaining the first 100 hotel quarantine or the the first international hotel quarantine uh, adventure that's going to be starting soon. If it's running out of control, why not just take more people in? I actually think, personally, I think that's kind of commonsensical. It's like, well, if we've got it and we know we can't get rid of it, why are we bothering stopping more of it coming in? We've got to learn to live with it. And I know that there's a lot of complexities that sit either side of that. Don't want to get into that fight. But the one that I, I'm, I'm interested in forecasting for this year, US workers are now earning $15 an hour without much of a fight from any of the unions. So the graph down the bottom left, uh, above, just above your head, Jace, is the percentage of workers in, in America earning less than $15 an hour. So it has been constantly coming down since 2018. There's been very, very little pro, uh, fight over there. This is actually what we've been talking about as a sign of a healthy economy, but I'm not yeah. sure that it is actually that sign. I think it's synthetic. And so what's actually happening is average wages are actually increasing. Some of the big leaders have been the large tech companies um, that have been pushing prices up. But here in Australia, I want us to be very, very aware of this because this can't happen in Australia until the economy is healthy. And if this starts getting mandated and we all look to the US to see what's going on, to see what's happening, the reason why it's happening over in the US, I think, is partly because less people are looking for jobs. Uh, the other reason is large companies you know, are, are above that rate anyway. Yeah, they, they, they set a different uh, median or, or, yeah, yeah, they pull the median up. Yep. Correct. Correct. 100%. And this this could be very very anti competitive for small small to medium business in the US, and I don't want to be seeing the same thing in Australia. But my future prediction of the bullshit headlines that will come in the future is based on the roadmap of the US rising uh, uh, wage growth over in the US, adopting same policies and using a narrative that doesn't suit the story. I I honestly believe I my cynical nature says that this is coming. Uh, I've I've been a little bit cynical today. I didn't intend to be, but uh, well, 
that's the way the cookie crumbles. There, but, there, uh, there you go. Hot off the press, folks. Watch out for the bull. Maybe maybe we should rename this segment Andy Bullshit Headlines. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, bullshit he- headlines and lying statistics. The statistics lie, but it, it's <laughs> true though. It's it's so true, isn't it? At the end of the day, um, there's 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 sensationalist uh, media and and people react uh, inappropriately. You and I have talked about this many times. Um, you know, uh, with data and information, I'd a I'd a investor today. Uh, the um, What's in the bullshit? <laughs> Harry, Harry's renamed it. Maybe we should have a competition. Why don't we never rename this segment? What's in the bullshit? You, you, you've got to whack that up on the screen. That's gold. That's one of the best comments I've seen for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. The new segment name, what's in the bullshit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sort of drew the shit. Um, yeah, there you go. Excuse those who are a little bit uh, a little bit sensitive to the uh, uh, comical nature of our commentary. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I was chatting with someone um, – Earlier today, about oh my my property price. You know, I checked it last month and it was up, and and I've checked it this month and it's down. And I'm like, like property prices are not the share market. You know, this the the speed of 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 um uh, commentary slash tracking and data in in places and spaces. You know, it's just so inaccurate. You know, um, in in certain circumstances, so you've got to be uh, you've got to be careful for that uh, because you know you make us make a decision one way or another. Um, yep, Andy's feisty. I, I I was fired up yesterday, Andy. I was I had a feisty day myself yesterday, but uh, Andy's got Andy's on the feisty today. So there you go. <laughs> Mate, I, I must have had a good sleep, and uh, and I've woken up and I've seen it for what it is. <laughs> He's seeing it clearly now. Now, uh, what, what are, I can see clearly now the what's gone. Something's the rain gone. Is gone. The, rain the rain is gone. gone. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, it's I'm not to say that, mate, but we're about to get pounded down here, so that'd be slightly <laughs> ironic. I think <laughs> it's a sunny day uh, here in in uh, in paradise, my friend. Um, but there you go. Uh, a few things. Maybe I'll sort of uh, kick off with this one, I, and and I'm and I'm sure you could add some value in this conversation. Things you should know. Folks, um, uh, of recent times, we've seen Andy the banks make a couple of bucks, which is kind of nice. Nothing wrong with uh, nothing wrong with the banks making a dollar or two. You would think uh, that would be okay, um, but uh, you know, let's see how we roll with this. Uh, but this is one of the conversations not so long ago. Uh, the big four banks um, posted pretty significant profits in September um, for. You know the 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 certain quarters pretty good. Nothing wrong with banks being profitable, folks. We all need our banks to be profitable. That is for sure. Uh, we need AAA rating economically around the world. We need to attract foreign investment. We need to do all sorts of things uh, when it comes to this uh, this stuff. But one thing, Andy, uh, on on the side here, and this one I sort of had a bit of a chat to everyone about uh, the other day in one of my wealth coffee chats. Uh, as we go, the interesting thing right now with property prices uh, going up, uh, record savings in Australia, record cash in record. banks, records everywhere. Uh, you know, the, the the lenders gave people some, you know, uh, 
funding holidays or or mortgage holidays and so on. They, they were they came to the party. You and I said, I think you know, for the moment we were quite supportive of those institutions doing their bit. But they weren't doing it for charity, Andy, were they? <laughs> no, I, th- I think they had their one week worth of gratitude from us, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. We, I think we said it for one week. But uh, but check this out. Have a look at where they're getting their funding from. The cheapest funding they ever get is from who, Andy? Us as deposit, domestic deposits, people putting money in their savings accounts or putting money in a long-term account or you know, people's security, equity, securitized lending, the the machinations of how lending goes on, um, it's complicated and and uh, and deep. But team, a, a large overview of it, and Andy, you know, correct me if I'm oversimplifying this, is folks, when you pay principal back on your properties, and you've got equity in your properties, and you've got a thirty year term with the bank, or you've got a term deposit with the bank. You know, they can take certain uh, liberties with the assets that they actually control. You don't control your equity, your cash, and so on, and they are able to lend that out and make more money than they're giving you on those things, um, the the laws of securitized lending. Um, and uh, for me, that's always an interesting one because the banks that actually made significant profits even though interest rates have gone down uh i think it was like 62 percent. i did the math the other day um and andy how does that work uh, you, this is your this is your speciality spreads and swaps and all sorts of long-term short-term that sort of stuff can you can you uh, uh enlighten us a little without diving di- getting lost in the weeds <laughs> uh well, there's probably a few different ways you could tackle this and uh, I'll talk to what's real and then we can talk to what's a, a bit of a hypothesis. But uh, effectively what was happening before COVID hit is banks were getting hit with large amounts of capital uh, based on irresponsible lending that mm. was uh, that, that they came from the, the Royal Banking Inquiry and, and, and so on and so forth. So banks were already tightening up and they were having to increase the amount of capital that they had. Uh, for every dollar that's lent, they need a certain amount of money stored for the, for the liquidity, meaning if Jason comes and asks for all of his money back, that the bank can actually deliver on that. Capital, well, it's a capital adequacy laws or something like that. Was that Correct. in, in that space? And, yep. and I think... Um, Andy, is it right to say, you know, if we had a run on the banks or something, everyone wanted their savings back, you know, that they had to have something to cover that, yeah? Yep, 100%. Not, not to mention that they've got ridiculous amounts of anti-money laundering, uh, you know, our counter-terrorism measures that mean that if you go to take more than $10,000 out of the bank, you better get used to little rubber glove because that's going somewhere in order to figure out whether you're doing the right thing or not because uh, you cannot get large sums out of the bank, but you can certainly transfer them from one bank to another. And that's yeah. where a secondary market comes in, which is the, the, the 24-hour cash rate. And that's how banks manage their liquidity from one bank to another. Uh, they lend to each other on an overnight basis so that they can meet their liquidity requirements. Uh, and when they can't, they, they borrow in the overnight and then they settle out the next day. And so that's very, very short term. Then when you t- and so that's deposits, but then when you go into 
savings accounts, term deposits and things like that. Well, they, they have a little bit more time and that means that they then can deploy that money into the market. And it's really quite simple, the reason why the banks made so much money. The, their wealth creation was decimated, right? Because effectively, and this is a brass tax, Jase, the Royal Banking Commission was was really came in and targeted the banks mostly because the banks were doing the bad behaviour. The banks, the AMPs of the world, the Commonwealths, all they all, they all sell it, said it. You can go and find it. it's on public record about the things that they had done wrong, and it was in wealth management. It was you know charging dead people, all of these sorts of things. Uh, and then when the Royal Banking Inquiry, when the decisions came out and they adjusted the legislation, uh, all of the banks left the industry. So all of a sudden, that heyday was over and the mm. banks were going, oh, how are we going to make our money again? And then COVID hit. All right, now for you conspiracy theorists out there, this is not the reason why COVID hit. All right, because I, I know hang on, hang a on. few I of you. I thought it was the politicians. No, it's the bankers. It's the bankers. <laughs> I know a few of you are about to make a very big leap, but that's not what I'm saying. Stay in the seats, don't leap. This, this is not a conspiracy theory. But it, it is extraordinary. It's, an, it's a great coincidence and it's really served the banks because what ended up happening is they, they increased their assets on hold, right? And then COVID started to come and the, and the, and the government went, oh, my God, we've got to give some relief to the banks to maintain payment stability. So immediately the, 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 the Fed came to aid of the banks and basically lent money to the banks for basically zero. zero. Very, very close to zero. Long-term bonds, Andy, was it like... Uh... Yeah, point, point one, point two, you know, yeah. like point threes and uh, ridiculous. You could, you could get 10 years worth of debt for, you know, point, point three percent yeah. It was incredibly low. And then the banks also tucked away more cash because what did they think lenders were going to do when COVID hit? They thought everyone was going to go upside down. Yeah. And so what ended up happening was the banks were defensive, like they were so defensive as all of this hit, and then they've gone, hang on, all of these loans aren't going to default. All of these people are buying property. Hang on, boys, let's crack the whip. Let's start writing some loans. We're borrowing at 0.3%, We're lending it back out at 2%. Uh, and then we've gone through a massive boom in uh, in domestic uh, lending as well. And I'm trying to find the chart that I had because I've got one that corresponds with this. And so they've been lending like no tomorrow. But part of the reason why they were so profitable is they were so defensive and they were so prepared, not necessarily for COVID, coincidentally they were, and then they got more defensive and then all of a sudden, bang, it was on like Donkey Kong and yep. the, the there were signs of them reversing the the responsible lending criteria they didn't go out there and do it they didn't no, need to do it they didn't need to do it andy so that was the that was the interesting thing um those conversations i was just trying to find you a chart here um we were waiting for it to be reversed and fixed up and whatever and then technically it fixed itself up um at the end of the day what's happened what? is yeah well while you're fi finding that mate this this is the uh re remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll come back to it in a tick bit, like 30 <laughs> seconds. Remember, remember what we were talking about. What sort of a recovery is it going to be, Jace? It's going to be a W-shaped recovery. It's going to be an F-shaped recovery. 
I don't know how the fuck. Uh, is it you a just U? Got a there. <laughs> <laughs> they, had the, they had the W, they had the L, they had virtually every letter of the alphabet. Yeah. And you know what? Every recovery has always been in history. <laughs> it, it's always been pretty it's much the same. It's a V recovery. This- <laughs> <laughs> Mate, look, at look at it. It's not difficult to see. Up, uh, uh, down, then up. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and some people might say, Andy, you're just lying with statistics. Perhaps <laughs> you've taken a time sample that suits you, and and I'll say maybe I have, maybe, maybe, I maybe. Have. maybe. <laughs> but it is still a pretty definite V, even if there is a slight W, a slight L, a slight G, S, or whatever in there. There is a slight one. But supporting your argument, mate, this is the increase of liquidity that gets pumped via the banks into the market. And this is globally. So we've got, uh, and this is in billions of US dollars, billions of right, dollars. that's sitting over here in billions of US dollars. And when we call it uh, assets, it's because when a bank lends money out to the market, that goes on the asset register for the, for the bank. Yeah. That's, that's part of their assets because somebody owes their money. So as you can see, I mean, it's almost u- universally exactly the same right across all of the major the, the countries that everyone just went in hyperdrive here, and we know it. This is old news, right? But um, almost sort of doubling the the amount. And if we go to the share screen uh, here, mate, if you jump into the, oh, the shared screen, yep, uh, turn that one on. Yep, check this one out. This is my new favourite little. See if you can zoom in a little bit, Andy, for us all. Uh, there we go. Can you pinch and zoom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. All right, so uh, let, let's let's play a bit of a oh, game. It's the here, ticker. Dave. It's the ticker, Andy. It's the ticker. Let's see. <laughs> All right, what country in the world has a national debt of uh, seven hundred and three billion dollars and a gross domestic uh, product of about one trillion, one point three trillion? What country would that be? Is oh, that Australia? I reckon that sounds Australia-ish. Right, it's Australia. Hey! Right <laughs> Absolutely, population of two hundred and uh, sorry, twenty-five million. Seven million. Uh, that's Australia. So uh, while uh, while you're going, you got to share. You got to share the. You got to share the, uh, share the, U- the URL of that one. <laughs> right, this this is absolutely incredible. If uh, if you ever got absolutely nothing to do with the rest of your life, come in here and watch this. It's uh, it's guaranteed to go up. Oh, crazy! Uh, but these numbers are astounding. When you and I started uh, Wealth Wine and Wisdom, this twenty eight that's sitting here in in the US was below twenty. Right was below twenty, and we're we're talking trillions with a T, uh, which we don't often do. But check this at usdebtclock.org forward slash world dash debt dash clock dot html. Uh, Jason's going to share it in there. Oh, share that in the chat, folks. It's all there, ready for you. There's a great one that there's a link to the Australian debt clock. It's got a lot of great statistics in there as well. Uh, that actually supports what you were talking about, Jason. I might bring this back after you bring up your slide about uh, debt as well. Mate, um, yeah, don't terrify yourself, folks, all right? Um, don't get uh, too freaked out about that one, Andy. Well, <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll make your mortgage look pretty small. Let's, let's just <laughs> yeah, say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's about this uh, income and money moving, keeping moving in and around the marketplace, Andy. And, and you, you and I have talked about this one, you know, truckloads of times. You know, it's healthy for money to be moving 
into the economy, not just sitting in bank accounts, not just sitting in vaults somewhere. So, you know, I think that's uh, that's something that uh, is pretty important for us all to sort of get our heads around as we go. But um, uh, I've got a little one here, a little chart. Might uh, might make a little bit of sense. We'll see how we go. Uh, let me chuck it there. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, well, there we go. Oh, I'll put my head up there. There we go. Uh, it's a bit small, but, um, you know, if we have a look at, you know, uh, debt-to-income ratios, interest-only loans, origination of loans over 90%, you know, some of these momentums are only just starting to take uh, take effect now in the in the lending market, Andy. And you know, at the end of the day, it has taken a bit of time for these lenders to get back in the saddle um, when it comes to uh, getting that money out there. We talked about you know those things for APRA changing. Uh, it hasn't changed as fast as, as we thought it was going to change. That's for sure. Uh, I, I I would have thought ninety percent lending would have come back in vogue. It hasn't come back too heavily just yet, but we'll see how that uh, that works. Um, I did see the other day. I didn't grab it, Andy. That uh, NAB uh, has launched a new business owner two million dollar product. Um, you and I have talked about this all the time. Business owners being second class citizens when it comes to lending. You know, mm-hmm. uh, everyone else can get a two percent loan, but we have to pay five percent. That's just <laughs> ludicrous. Another one um, hot off the press. Uh, yeah, million, hot off. Ten ten million dollar business. Uh, I think is about uh, twenty employees. Uh, can't get a loan. Profitability off the charts. Had one one negative profit year one one year ago. Uh, uh, is about three million dollars worth of profit or something to that effect. Can't get a loan for himself. Unbelievable. It's a joke. The joke. It's ludicrous. Anyway, there you go. Um, but maybe, Andy, maybe this is the thing that needed to happen for business, uh, you know, for lending. Like you've said for a long time, lending to be priced appropriately in the way um, for the risk and the risk of a business owner. The, the function of a business owner's life is not the same as someone who's got a job and they shouldn't be judged slash uh, analyzed in the same way. That's the way I see it. You know, right now, you you know, the government um, many years ago smartly for primary producers uh, gave primary producers a different uh, tax uh, sequence, tax cycle to behave in. Uh, and, you know, um, I think it might have changed recently or it might have changed, but is it a seven-year tax, uh, a five-year, isn't it, five-year Um you know, you don't have to, you know, uh, tally the tally the score for five years in in primary produ- production. That's simplifying it, folks. But you know, it it should be the same in lending for business owners. Yeah. You know, over the last five years, if you had one shitty year, well, you should be able to strike one out or two two out, or that should be adjusted for the for the pricing or the rate or whatever. Anyway, so Andy, hopefully I'm that fixes up lending. Mate, uh, because I reckon if if these guys get uh, four years a pop uh, at trying to destroy a nation by ruling it, uh, <laughs> I reckon business owners should get four years to try and make a go of it before we get taxed. That's You're dead that. right, dead right. If it was up to me, I'd wave a magic wand and, and make it uh, 10 years that you have to vote something. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm quite I'm quite interested. Uh, I had a very positive experience when I spent many years in Singapore many years ago. And uh, what I did learn 
uh, at a very young age that uh, you uh, you voted the government in for ten years in Singapore, um, and now they're one of the only countries in the world that pay every citizen. Every citizen of Singapore receives money back every year from the from the money that's been invested by the government. So not only do you, do you have a um, I can't remember the the actual dollars dollars and cents now. Anyone who earns over fi- under fifty grand doesn't pay any tax at all. It's tax free in Singapore. But every citizen of Singapore earns about seven or eight thousand dollars back every year um, from the the tax money that's been invested. Um, so yeah, quite interesting, quite interesting. But you know that's uh, that that could be quite uh, terrifying for a lot of people. That's for sure. Hey Andy, why don't we circle around potentially? And see if we can't give uh, a couple of these questions that uh, come up tonight uh, a bit of a crack. Uh, and I think there was uh, there was an early one. Uh, I don't know. It. I'll hey. have another glass of the old Fedras. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, this, down in my local area. This one, this one's for you, Andy. Um, yep. But uh, Bob's uh, Bob's a bit feisty tonight, so he said, "Hey, like, what do you think? What stock should we buy if we go to war with China? I don't know if we're going to go to war." Metaphorically, in reality, but metaphorically, Andy, you know, um, any 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 thoughts in that sort of space when it comes to, all right, if we're sort of entering a little bit of uh, a rough period in our relationship with our uh, uh, our local Pacific uh, na- uh, neighbours, it's not Pacific. What's the anyway the that that uh, geography is uh, clearly not our thing, mate. I've had too much to drink. <laughs> uh, oh, geez, it's a big question, isn't it? Like, if we go to war with China, like, like what you said, Jason, we kind of, in some ways, already are. We're just in a different type of a war. We're we're what we'd call a trade war. Yeah. Uh, and typically, when we go through markets, so, look here before I go through there, I can tell you what stocks I'd short. <laughs> I'd short <laughs> Huawei. Um, I would probably short Ten Cent, uh, and Alibaba would probably be my top three shorts if um, <laughs> if we went to war with China. There'd be a few others, but just given that I haven't had more than thirty seconds to think about it, uh, geez, there'd be a lot. As a matter of fact, I'll get on get on the blower to Michael. You're probably watching Michael. I get on the blower to you and figure out what the hell is going on, <laughs> um, because he was one of the, one of one of my mates who's uh, who's ex 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 IB uh, hedge fund manager now lives. Uh, I, I think he's still down here. Um, you haven't seen him because we've been locked up. Uh, but when everyone was, you know, getting out of Hong Kong and shorting, blah blah blah, he's like, no, no, buy, 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 double down, and uh, and it was the right decision. But geez, you had to have a a nerve of steel while it was plummeting, I can tell you. Um, we, we kind of already are in what we call a trade war. So typically what happens uh, before we get to wars is we end up with a currency war, uh, and a currency war is when uh, different nations try and get political advantage by manipulating the value of their currency relative to each other, uh, right? And so we can do that in Australia by lowering interest rates. If we lower interest rates, uh, then generally our, our dollar will decrease in value relative to other places. There's other things that we can do. Yeah. That's one of them. Uh, China can synthetically just manipulate its its rate wherever it wants to go, uh, and they've done that a few times to combat uh, the trade wars and the sanctions that were getting put on China from America. I remember Mr. Trump, you know, the little or the big Oompa Loompa, the orange face and the weird <laughs> hair. Well, actually, my hair is not too great at the moment, so I'm not going to throw stones <laughs> in a glass house. But uh, so the trade wars come next and typically, and we have to go back a long time, but 
typically what ends up happening is is the restraint of trade between uh, countries or one country or a group of countries and the rest of the world becomes so tense that it becomes explosive and a real war um, you know, uh, is a result of that. Uh, the reality of real, real wars these days is that we've seen that they tend really not to work and we've got uh, weapons and things that are big enough to basically wipe a country off, off the face of the planet uh, and do a lot of damage to the planet at the same time. So I think going to a real war uh, is, is almost like a bit of a posturing game while other games are taking place and those games are well afoot at the moment uh, being trade embargoes with Australia. I mean, they've slapped us with, you know, uh, embargoes on wine, on our meat, on so many different things at the moment. We're still kicking on. Um, and I think so are we at war? We're not really at war, but we're certainly in various degrees of trade tension. And I think True. that we're going to see a lot of that continuing to play out. Yeah, and that's the stuff that will play out for us, won't they? You know, really at the end of the day, you know, in in the world of uh, – well, the real estate, Harry, uh, th- that plays straight into your question if you're still with us, Harry. Um, you know, Harry's asked the question, you know, what are the possible factors that could uh, impact property prices in a negative way? Well, um, certainly the increasing of interest rates can, if too too harsh from a low base, folks, can be significantly um, negative when it comes to property prices, especially. Uh, as Andy alluded to earlier tonight, that uh, that if wages do not increase, then it is very difficult to see how increasing an interest rate could not have anything but a negative effect on property prices and or put stress on people and mortgages. Right. So uh, I, I'm a firm believer right now. I think you know. I think many of the governments around the world have snookered themselves when it comes to interest rates. Andy and I have talked about as soon as we're allowed out of lockdown and travel and hopefully we can fly again and whatever in the next few years, we're going to do a little bit of uh, jaunting around and go and uh, visit a few places that have been at low or no interest rates for, you know, sometimes even decades, find out uh, a few things. Go to Japan is one of the, the early ones on the destination. But uh, uh, if if somehow, Harry, interest rates went from, you know, 3%, for homeowners to five or six percent, you know, just imagine doubling uh, interest rates for people with no wage growth or low wage growth um, in a period of time that could affect property prices significantly. Um, and uh, right now, property prices going up twenty or thirty percent in a short period of time. It, it, there is a very immediate correlation between the cost of the funding going down 20 30 40% 50% Andy and Harry um and that's that's reality if the interest rates were still 6% or 5% we wouldn't see growth like this um right now no matter what was going on with our supply chain um you know we would have some you know tightening but we wouldn't be seeing growth like this um the other one Harry uh in the short term that uh, will have a negative impact on property prices is the property prices themselves, Harry. Uh, they are, I believe, starting to find a place, I think, 12 to 18-month run now that it will it will uh, level itself out 
and um, you'll see a sort of a an eighteen month to three year run on property prices. What will happen, Harry? Uh, in certain places, depending on where you are, folks, investors, sadly, are the good time Charlies of the property market, the good time Charlies. Uh, and Andy, I was telling telling a bit of a story about this not so long ago, about 10, 15 minutes ago, didn't get to finish that I was chatting with a client that they're, you know, four years into a property journey and, uh, you know, they're sad that everyone else is reportedly property price has gone up 150 grand and theirs hasn't um oh the, now, the great property fishing story oh uh, yeah it's a bunch of bullshit not every property price has gone up team gang like it's just a lie the marketplaces are moving in a positive direction matter of fact property prices in certain places are being led uh top down luxury end of town is actually growing a little bit better in this cycle uh that will flow it will benefit across the market but you know at the end of the day not every property rises in every every market cycle. That's it's like not not every share price goes up in 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 every ASX. The ASX went up twenty percent, and why didn't my shares in ABC Company go up twenty percent? Well, you know, because that's not how it works, folks. Um, and Harry, your question, you know, is one of the things that that we saw. I've seen this twice now in two property cycles. Ill-informed, uh, uneducated property purchasers buying at the top of the market, and then then not seeing capital growth like one minute later, selling properties for a loss uh, will have an in, a negative impact on property prices. Not long term, but it usually plays out in a pretty average way, depending on where you are. So. There are probably two or three things, Harry, that uh, will uh, have an effect if they come to play um, as we as we roll as we roll down this highway called I don't know the future, Andy. I don't know that's any, anything from your neck of the woods, mate. Beta, I, yeah, I've got a couple of extras uh, for you, again, because it's cynical Andy that's a bit feisty. Right? <laughs> feisty and, Andy, call it feisty. And, it's better. And. It's better. and uh, and I'll say that uh, that stupid policy, yes, uh, will, yes. will like oh. stupid yeah, policy. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, yep. will potentially crush you know various different parts. It'll be short term because policy tends to have that ridiculous effect. But I, I, I think that one of the biggest risks to investing in general, uh, and I talk about it with all of my clients all the time, yes, is the government. The government is one of the number one risks to investing in general because they have the largest impact. Uh, they have all care and no responsibility uh, or maybe it's meant to be the opposite way around. But quite often they'll come in and they will decimate markets over very short periods of time and the, and the reality is there's very little you can do about it. And the best advice you can, you can have there is don't sell because it will generally the market will find its way back out uh, yeah. depending on where you're at, where you're at obviously. If, you, if you're in a dog stock or dog property, then you probably shouldn't have bought it to begin with. Uh, but dead right, dead right. Folks, we've got a saying around here, property people, chuck it in the chat for me, Andy. Uh, chuck it in the chat, team. There's a saying. We we, we say it positive. Um, well, uh, I, I can start <laughs> it, mate, when you give me the get-go. I think I've, I've heard it long enough now that uh, it's actually become part of my morning mantra. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, so for those there. of you who don't know, it's uh, buy well, 
coming. It's coming. I'm sure it is. <laughs> there, it <laughs> there it is. Even Harry's on it. Harry's all over it. Buy well, never sell. That's it, baby. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, fantastic. Uh, oh, got the acronym up there, BWNS. <laughs> oh, Michelle. Boom. I love that. Love that. I've got a little acronym going on now. Yeah, All right. Not to be mixed up with B BWS, which I think is a bottle shop. But, uh. <laughs> well, if you're watching Wine of Wisdom, Andy, it could be mixed up very easily in that way, couldn't it? <laughs> but one of the one of the other parts, and and this is this will be an interesting one, Jace, because I think it's I think we're seeing parts of this out here. You will know better than I. Uh, my understanding is that uh, from release to uh, from Release of land to realization of, of, yes. of property about a seven year, seven to ten year cycle. Yep, yep. Um, certainly big greenfield stuff. It takes a decade to get it up and out. Yep. So what could potentially hurt some property prices in the in a decade from now? And let's face it, if you're an investor, that's really what you should be looking at. You should be looking at longer term trends and going, okay, well we're on this one. What's the next trend going to be, and what is the right place to be for that next trend? But if they decided to go bananas and start to, to do what politicians with short time in, in office tend to do is they, they make gregarious changes. And so if they released a ridiculous amount of land in Victoria um, uh, up for development, I would venture to say that in 10 years' time we could, if that was well and truly disproportionate to what potential property uh, population increase, so on and so forth, it could have a very, very negative uh, impact on a certain variety of property yep certainly yeah that greenfield so greenfield folks is uh you know paddocks that need to be redeveloped like on the on the fringes of cities uh and the other place andy that that can happen so on the fringes of city folks you know five thousand new home lots just flood the market or the other place andy that that happens often is CBD locations, the triple zero locations, where they 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 can without fanfare because those places are very easy to uh, change the zoning laws. Mm. Uh, oh, you could Melbourne, didn't we? Gee, yeah. Uh, actually, Melbourne. Unfortunately, Melbourne had the worst reputation in the world. They built the work. They they had the worst Woo-hoo! planning instrument. <laughs> you know. <laughs> They they did from two thousand um, I think it was two thousand and six to about two thousand and thirteen. Um, there was a there was almost a whole decade of the worst apartment um, approvals and building like in in the world. Um, the one bedrooms with no car parking and no windows, and they were just they were uh, they were hideous. So, but uh, so that's those are the two places that can easily without. Too much fanfare, uh, be redeveloped and rezoned um, for mass um, uh, mass supply. And thankfully, thankfully, um, we talk a lot about flight quality and infill locations. And uh, my preference is to purchase as an investor in better locations rather than for pricing. But uh, we don't have time to dive into that one. It's one of the big problems, though, isn't it, Jason? Maybe this is where we put it, a pin in it and, and chat about it maybe next week, is that 
you know, when we, it's this, what I'm starting to realize the more that you and I talk and what I'm starting to learn is that there really isn't that much difference between property and stocks. Like they're, they're very similar. There's just a different transactional rate to them. Yeah. But one of the things that tends to happen in both uh, and arguably equally it happens is that uh, that sort of over exuberant buyer uh, that, that sort of come into shitty stock or not good stock. Like when, if you've got A-rated, and we're not talking about GFC stuff where the A-rated was really D-rated but, uh, <laughs> or X-rated, should we say. Uh, but if you're in sort of A-grade, not everyone can afford to get AAA-rated stock, right? Um, yep. And not everyone can afford to get the A-rated stock. But there's a big difference between B-plus and B and B-minus and C-rated stock. Yeah, yeah. And the kind of volatility in those markets where – when the whole market is moving up and everyone's an everyone's a stock expert because they bought afterpay and everyone's a property expert because they bought in at the right time is that then the big danger is when when people just buy from lack of knowledge and uh, and just desire to get in and don't actually spend a bit of time starting to understand it and 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 they're the victims that then get uh, get, you know, basically sold a dud by the, as you'd probably say, the good time Charlies of the world who are probably businesses that uh, were born yesterday, uh, will probably be gone tomorrow or yep. a few days after tomorrow. Yep. And, yep. Um, and that's what I think people really need to watch out for because if you can stay above that line, you'll always be okay. It's just a matter of time and if you've got the ability to hold. Mate, they're right, mate. It's the FOMO. It's the FOMO and the good time Charlies that cause all sorts of problems when it comes to, uh, you know, those things in and out, that transactional stuff. But mate, uh, <clears throat> I think, I think, uh, I think you said, like you said, I think that's a good time to put a bit of a pin in it, my friend. Um, good to hang out with you. There's plenty more. I reckon we could chat for another hour, um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to hang out and chat for another hour, but uh, great to have all of you guys uh, on again. Yeah, Ma uh, Michelle, we don't want any tin pot turkeys um, <laughs> passing any commentary, that's for sure, and uh, fantastic to have you guys uh, hanging out. Andy, mate, good to hang out with you again. Another good to see you, bro. Cheeky wine on a Friday. As always, folks, you guys uh, stay safe wherever you are. Keep uh, Give us a shout-out if you need anything. We're here to support our communities and our industries, and uh, hopefully wherever you are, you're keeping yourself uh, entertained. If you're in lockdown, uh, sorry for rubbing the salt in the wound about the haircut, but, uh, you know, <laughs> um, keep your chin up. Keep your chin up. I reckon we're on the on the, on the the Home stretch for for that thing anyway, and then we'll be into a different version oh, anyway. So, mate, I've got a I've got a new new saying, and it's uh, you heard it here first because this is the first time I'm going to say it. So I'm probably <laughs> going to butcher it. It's uh, last in lockdown, first to travel. There, there, there we'll go. We'll, there you uh, go. Uh, All right, last, last in lockdown, first to travel. So we'll see whether that one comes true, uh, and maybe that's something that we can look forward to uh, because the haircut is still a little bit out out of the way for us, but, uh, but maybe. Maybe travel might be a little bit closer for us, so maybe we can look at the silver lining. You never know. You never know. Well, folks, it's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good, good night. night.